Leia. What? I thought we, I thought we had this conversation. What? That shirt. I asked you not to wear that shirt on the podcast. Man, like, you just don't respect my boundaries. Well, maybe you should respect my boundaries of not calling me at 8 a.m. We have a time difference, Lamont. That's 5 a.m. here. <sighs> hey, you know what? What? We should do an episode about boundaries and assertiveness. That's a great idea. I'm Lamont, and don't touch my stuff. And I'm Leia. You better watch what you say. And And you're you're tuning into the Lamont and Leia podcast. (laughs) So today, Leia, we have our returning friend and guest, Tiratel. And then you get to meet my mentor, Sharice Hudgens. Now, um... Tiratel and one of the on one of the shows mm-hmm. had commented on our YouTube like she wanted to be on the assertive episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was Tiratel, so I was like, "Hey, sure, <laughs> let's make this happen, right?" And then like Tiratel messages me like on Messenger, she's like, "Hey, the person that you said let's make it happen is me. It's me." Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so um, she really wanted to be included today, and then. Right. Sharice hit me up. She like she saw our podcast right away, like our mm-hmm. first like three like right away when they came out, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, you're doing such great work! I definitely want to collaborate." Um, so I gave her a list, and this was one of the ones that she picked. Okay, so, yeah, Sounds good. So let's get started. Let's go. Welcome back, Tiratel. I'm so glad you can join us today. Why don't you reintroduce yourself and tell our audience like anything you want them to know about yourself? Okay. Uh, my name is Tiratel. You can call me Tyra, and I'm a physical therapist. And mm, I just, I don't know about myself. I like anything outdoorsy, hiking, camping. Anything. <laughs> all right. And that's all true. <laughs> good intro. Good intro. <laughs> and then we have Sharice. Sharice is my mentor. Um, I fell in love with her the moment that I got to Oak Grove. She was one of the first people I met. Mm-hmm. And she definitely took me under her wing. And um, she helped me become a better mental health worker, I believe. Go ahead, Sharice. Introduce yourself. All right. So I'm Sharice Hudgens. And I am a mental health worker um, at Oak Grove. I work with special needs kids um, and their families. Um, My roles are parent partner. So I'm an advocate for parents and I'm also a behavior specialist working with youth and um, was things that I love. I love being outdoors as well. I love the ocean. I love the beach. Uh, I love gardening and um, cooking and baking. So anything related to those three, I am a happy camper. I feel like all of us would get along. Like in person, like everything that was listed, I was like, oh yeah, duh. (laughs) Yes. So that's good. Very easy to get along with, so. True. That's, That's why I think I connected with Lamont very quickly. All right, so today, guys, we are talking about um, 
being assertive and cultivating assertiveness and practicing boundaries and why it's important. I think the first question is, is there a difference between boundaries, limits, and assertiveness? And if so, what are those differences? Well, I would say I, I believe there are, uh, there are differences between uh, boundaries, limits, and assertiveness. And so a boundary, I would say, is a, a line that marks a limit of an area um, dividing. So like a partition, a border, or a margin, um, keeping oneself separate, okay? That would be a boundary. Uh, a limit is a consistent point or a level beyond which something doesn't pass. Mm -hmm. Um, a restriction, a restraint, a break or a control. Um, and then assertiveness, I, I would say that that's how it's a character of how you behave or speak. Um, is there confidence, uh, a declaration of confidence, a firmness that's coming from um, your voice, um, a statement that's made without any proof? That would be assertiveness for me. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I'm pretty much on board with that too. The boundaries is something that, you know, personally we're talking about more behavioral or mental, psychological rather than physical boundaries. But, um, you know, thinking about something that you said between yourself and somebody else or multiple people, right? It's between you and another party as compared to um, limits, like you said, a restriction that you can set upon yourself. Um, right. It doesn't have, or other people too, but, you know, talking about, you know, personal stuff is we can't control other people's limits or other people's boundaries. We control our boundaries and our personal limits and restrictions. And yeah, assertiveness is, is a behavior that each of us have and what we choose to or to not do <laughs> and how we say things. Yeah. So hundred percent agree. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm not sure because again, this is a topic that I am not clear on. So I'm I, honestly, I'm here to learn and ask some questions because going based off of what I heard so far, these are things I don't have. <laughs> I think you do. Should I, I have had them do. already? <laughs> am I behind? <laughs> no, no. I think you may not recognize like when you're like using them or interacting with them, which I think is the case for a lot of people mm -hmm. too. Um, and I think I think the issue is people aren't intentional with like drawing boundaries and practicing assertiveness and stuff. But there's definitely been times, Leah, you've you've been assertive, and there's definitely been times where I've seen you draw boundaries, and um, you know your limits. Like I'm not comfortable. I don't like it when this happens. Okay. Right. So um, here's some of my thoughts. I think limits is like the absolute furthest line and we create boundaries so we're not reaching those limits. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways to maintain those boundaries is to use assertiveness. What do you guys think? That's a good way to kind of tie it all in together. 
Yeah, I was, that's kind of like my thought process on all of that. Um, one, like, so I found this really cool, like, I, I, I was looking at different, like, how, different ways people are defining it, and I kind of, like, threw, like, I was like, ooh, I'm going to take that person's definition, <laughs> that person's definition, ooh, let's put this person's definition. And so this is what I got. Assertiveness is the courage to be ourselves and show the world our likes and dislikes, our thoughts, feelings, and shortcomings. It requires you to be direct about what you want and your needs while still considering the rights and needs and wants of others. When being assertive, you are confident and powerful in getting your point across without acting like a bully or seeming pushy. Yeah, I read something earlier um, earlier also talking about assertiveness, saying that being assertive is maintaining and standing up for yourself and others while still being calm and respectful. And I think that's a huge thing because people, I think, really blend or blur the lines between being assertive and being aggressive. Yes. A lot of people think that you have to be aggressive to be assertive, but that's not true. That's and, not true. You know, yeah, and people may not recognize, and I think it's important, actually, I mean, we might get to that later, I don't know, but I think it's important to not also for ourselves to know when we're being assertive and when we're being aggressive, but it's important for us to understand that difference, to see it in others, especially if you think about people that are in leadership positions, you know, you have to, you know, do the yearly reviews. And if you have an employee that's being assertive, but you don't know the difference and you think they're being aggressive, then that will cause you to give them a poor review, right? So it's important for us to recognize that in ourselves, but also in other people. Hmm. Good thing. To that's think. a really good point because sometimes, in in looking up definitions for assertiveness or being assertive, things popped up like forceful or um, a tendency to make demands. And sometimes people may look at that as being aggressive, but um, if you have a, a point or a thought that you're trying to get across, um, sometimes it's very direct and it can be very firm, mm -hmm. but you can do it with uh, love and grace right. or could just be straight and you know cut to the point mm -hmm. and be you know sometimes crass and people may look at that as wow that's a little bit aggressive but th there there's a, a, a an intent in what you're you're doing and uh, yeah mm -hmm. an implied intent okay yes i mean i think a lot of people are aggressive all the time i'm scared of everyone so <laughs> but when when we're talking about the different communication styles there's three there's being aggressive Mm -hmm. There's being passive and there's being assertive and we want the world to be more assertive. So yeah. tell hit on aggression, like being forceful, um, pretty much like just like saying things in a mean way or mm -hmm. having like, say like you're feeling hostile and like, it's totally cool to feel hostile. Like, especially if something has gone on, I'm saying, I'm not saying ignore your feelings, but I'm saying like, if you're being hostile, maybe take a minute cool down calm down and then communicate so you can be assertive right mm -hmm. but um when you're engaging and you're letting that hostile come into your communications we're being a little bit more aggressive and we're probably not getting the point across or we're probably right. saying hurtful or mean things and now people's defenses are going up and people are stopped listening mm -hmm. so, right yeah. so when practicing assertive behavior um, hopefully you're using kind words, you're being firm, you're being direct, you're not like 
going around the subject like you're being direct but it's in such a loving way in such a respectful way that i can hear you taking what you say it might hurt a little bit because i might have been doing something that i didn't intend to do but i can still hear you and i can make the appropriate adjustments yeah i think it's also really important for us as listeners to know like our personalities and our characters you know like a lot of times we automatically get defensive. The person may not even be aggressive at all. They may be assertive, but because we may not be, so we're insecure, uncomfortable with somebody being assertive, we can read that and perceive that as aggression. And now we're getting defensive and you know there's no point in that communication at that point. So I think, yeah, Leia, I'm pointing to you. I'm kidding, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, go ahead. No, but I was saying, I think like, it's really important because there are certain times that, you know, I also feel like, man, person was being so aggressive. And when I'm calmed down, I'm like, no, I was just being really defensive because I don't like to hear certain things, right? So I think it's important that we also have spent a lot of time in self-reflection and, and recognize that in ourselves, that when somebody does practice assertive behavior, we are allowing them to be assertive and not making them feel bad about it because they have the right to be assertive and we have the right, you know, to listen and take that in and, you know, be kind back. So, yeah. So assertiveness. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sharice. Were you going to say something? Oh, no, no. And I was just going to kind of piggyback on the, the like, po I was thinking of positive um, self-concept and like not allowing others to define who, who I am. So like when, when a person is trying to be assertive and m maybe they're sharing or bringing up things about you and you may be triggered about that, that positive self-concept, not allowing others to define you, but there, there's a way to do that, you know, um, uh, with, with tact and with, um, with grace. And I, you guys will probably hear me say that a lot um, because I try to be very respectful when I'm talking to people because I also want that back. Yeah. Um, and I also uh, deflect from negativity. Um, I, I try not to interact with very many people that are negative because I don't, one, I don't like being around fun suckers um, <laughs> because I like having a lot of fun. And um, I am a very assertive person and that practices very good uh, boundaries and limits. But when I'm defined incorrectly, then I try to use respect and assert myself to share um, what it is that I need them to know. Yeah. So. yeah, and that's that's the key point right there, sharing. When I'm being assertive, I'm sharing with you my needs. I'm sharing with you my wants. I'm sharing with you how I want to connect better. And that is the whole point about being assertive. Okay. So why are people struggling putting up their boundaries? And what are some barriers that are realistic in people's lives? So I laugh because when you had sent me the potential questions, I just, oh my gosh, my mind flooded with so many thoughts. But first thing is that we're not really taught to put up emotional, mental boundaries. As kids, we're taught physical boundaries, right? This is your desk. Everything on your desk is yours. Everything on somebody else's desk is theirs. You don't touch other people's things, right? Apartments, these are walls, you know, houses, this is the fence. You're taught physical boundaries, but we're not taught how to set up emotional or mental boundaries. And especially if you think about, you know, 
speaking personally from my experience growing up, and I know Leia is going to understand this very well, there's no such things as boundaries between parents and children. I mean, from parents to children, yes. From children to parents, none, right? So we never had a privacy. It was, I do you do this because I told you so. You should do this because I'm your parent. And so we're taught growing up to whatever the adult and the authority figure says you do and that's it right there's there's no conversation there's no negotiation in that you just do it so then we grow up and we never learn to put up i mean we try right we have rebellious stages and well i'm not going to do this because blah 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 and you know then we get our butts whooped or something else right <laughs> so <laughs> we're never really taught to do that as kids so then we grow up and we're like i want to be friends with everyone and i want to make people happy because our entire lives growing up was making our parents proud making our parents happy making our teachers happy and so we are constantly on this people pleasing you know adventure and we don't know how to deal with what happens when our needs are not being met right mm -hmm. we were just we've never been taught that um so that's one thing i think it's hard because we are not taught how to do it and then we try to do it but we improperly do it because we have no education and so when it's done improperly there's a lot of negative stuff that can come out of it and so then we get discouraged and we don't want to do it again because we don't want to have to deal with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, another big thing is communication. We don't know how to communicate with people effectively. I think it's a really big thing, especially now with social media. People are just texting. You don't have to have, you know, face-to-face -face encounters. You just interpret whatever you think their tone of voice is via text, but it may be completely wrong, right? Mm -hmm. You're not. We're not taught social cues anymore because we're so just media and, you know, just totally ruined our communication skills but people i think have a harder time with this when they don't like confrontation because if there's one thing that is a universal truth in my opinion is that boundaries will always be crossed i do not have a friend who's never not crossed a boundary right and so the problem is that you're like i'm gonna set boundaries and then you do it and then somebody calls that boundary but you have no plan of what yeah. how, what to do once those boundaries are crossed and so your options are well i'm a people pleaser so i'm gonna let it slide right and then you let it slide and then it keeps sliding until you just you blow past all the effective ways of communication and you go to a passive aggressive or aggressive where you just completely cut off that mm -hmm. relationship right or you just have no idea how to communicate. So they cross the boundary one time and you just go to the aggressive because you have no idea what to do. And then that completely halts any progress that happened, you know? So then again, that went bad. You don't want to set up boundaries again, or you continue to set up improper boundaries with improper forms of communication. I can go on forever. So I'm going to listen to <laughs> I, I knew you were going to bring up parents. I knew it. I was like, ooh, Tyra's going to bring up her dad. <laughs> well, no, like parents. I'm going to bring I, up my mom. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think parents don't. I, I don't know. So I, like as, as Tirta was talking and sharing, I was flashing back to an experience with my goddaughter. Um, we were trying to like, 
like, my, my friends were moving, and she was living with my friends at that time, and she was getting ready to move to Ari- back to Arizona, and I was just there to help and have dinner and stuff, and um, they were doing stuff on the inside, we were doing stuff on the outside, I need to go inside and grab something, but she did not want to come. She did not want to come. And so she's five at this time. And so those feelings of like, you need to do what I need to tell you to do when I tell you to do them came up. I didn't do that though. I was like, no, no, no. Um, I, I tried to like talk to her and reason with her. And like, we just, we couldn't get it done. Um, her mom finally came out. I went in and did it. And then I pulled her aside and I was like, baby, what happened? Um, and she was like, I didn't want to go inside. I wanted to stay outside. And I was like, I understand. And at the time, I need you to come inside because there was no one to watch you. And I, I didn't want you going too close to the street. Right? So it's okay for you to have those feelings. Like, wanting to be outside, I totally get it. You want to be outside. Like, you love the outside. And it's okay to love the outside. But when I ask you to do something, um, really quick, I do need you to do it. So we can get back to our activity and she didn't like it but like she heard me and um i don't think we ever had a problem since right but like i love her so much like i knew i needed to respect her even though i was trying to get something done and i was frustrated and i had to take a moment like whoa you're frustrated you're the adult great her mom's here go do what you need to do and then we can have a conversation about what just happened you know um but like i feel like a lot of parents especially like parents of color or different um ethnic descents aren't taught like these thought concepts right and i probably would have not if i had not gone to school to learn some of this stuff i may have not been able to effectively communicate with my goddaughter yeah yeah that's a really good point because at at first i was thinking of things that kids automatically say and were not taught is mine i can do it i got it you know those kind of um individual people may look at them as very selfish but they're setting they are setting boundaries Mm -hmm. they are trying to assert themselves with those uh, sentences or those short words that they're they're sharing um but i remember growing up and i'm a little older than you guys so i i grew up in a time where kids were told um we don't want to uh, see you or hear you when I tell you to go somewhere or do something, I need you to do it now without any lip or back talk or what have you, because we got spanked is a good word. That's a nice word for now, but we got way worse. Than that. <laughs> we got whooped. Beat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, with my great grandma, it was the chancla, the shoe, you know, we got, we got all that. So, um, there was no asserting yourself. There was no, you personally setting a boundary. Those were all set for you and you knew what the limits were and you did not cross them. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it's interesting. I'm thinking of a situation with my parents, um, and setting boundaries, boundaries and limits and being assertive with them. I had a hard time um, as an adult being assertive with them because of how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Um, when I met and, and fell in love with my now husband, but we were dating, um, 
I would often tell him, you know, uh, things that I heard my parents saying and kind of stifled my relationship because I wasn't being assertive with them and sharing, Hey, I love this person. I want to spend time with them. I want to do things. And at the time I was living with my parents. So, you know, I'm saving, I was saving money to buy my own house. So I kind of, I was using that background and knowledge of how I was raised by them to carry out through my adulthood. And I was having conflict with my now husband because he's very assertive and he's, um, he's definitely a leader. And so I learned a lot from him and in utilizing some of the techniques that I saw him, um, using with my parents and he would say things to my dad that no other man or boyfriend or anything has ever said and I'm like you're not I don't know if we're gonna work out because you're you're saying things that my dad has never heard from men that I've dated or in a relationship and he said well it's just it's a respect thing and I want you to be heard and I want them to to know that you have boundaries and you have limits and I need you to assert yourself with them and so I started doing that. And I would say this has been maybe an eight year journey. And I'm confident now that when they're begging and asking for information, I know how to say no mm-hmm. without waiting for a response. Um, it's just, it's a no, or it's, um, we're not going to talk about that, or that's our key and our business. And so it's been very interesting, the dynamic of how I was raised as a kid to where I am now as an adult. Yeah. Are you sure we're not twins? (laughs) (laughs) Sisters from another mister. Yeah, Yeah, because that's, yeah, 100%. I think Leah and I have pretty much the same experiences with that, but, you know, my parents from Romania, very strict, very, especially my dad, you know, my significantly more aggressive and assertive, but mostly aggressive, <laughs> you know, and that's just, you know, that's how his mom was with him. That's how her parents were with her. It was just kind of very cultural, very in the family. My mom's side is a little bit different. They're, they're more respectful of boundaries and stuff like that so I think the hardest was was with my dad and his side of the family but and it was it was terrible people like why don't you say no I'm like are you kidding (laughs) (laughs) okay got it you know so it's definitely been a journey and even now sometimes I have a hard time saying no but it's it's getting easier and you know it's getting to the point where I can say hey this is why I'm saying no and sometimes my dad will be like it doesn't make sense i'm like okay (laughs) and sometimes he'll just be like okay and he just accepts it you know but it's it was definitely a long journey long journey (laughs) good for you tyra i'm glad to hear that (laughs) so um leah do you have any thoughts on like why people might fail to put up boundaries or what barriers they might be facing when trying to put up boundaries? Um, I'm just going to have to agree with both of our guests. Like definitely, I think it is taught and learned and like both of them, like unacceptable in my family. We're Polynesian, so (laughs) Polynesian and Asian. So, (laughs) um, uh, let's see. I know Lamont had written some notes in our 
outline, and I'm going to steal a few of these. All right, go ahead. Steal a few. Um, but the one that really stuck out to me is fear of missing out. Um, he has mm. that listed as a, you know, possible reason someone might be having an issue to set up boundaries. And I know that, like, who would he? That is definitely something I go through all the time when someone's just like, hey, we need help with this project, even though I have 20 different projects. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, I need to do it because I need to know if I missed anything. But, you know, that just reminded me of something that happened this week. I had someone ask me if I could help out on a project and it was a very, very time consuming project. But this was like one of the busiest weeks I've had in a while. Uh, so literally like no time for it. And I almost said yes. I was going to be like, oh, yeah, I guess I can fit it in if I, you know, move this schedule and do that. And I was like, wait, no, I don't have time. And it's OK for me to be like, hey, I don't have time. I'm sorry. And I did it. And I was scared, but I did it. <laughs> good for you, Leah. Good it feel good. Feel good, huh? It did. Feel good after. Like, no. <laughs> New powerful word to use. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, Lamont and you guys, I was thinking of, um, some things where if there's trauma in your youth, if there's trauma in your childhood, that could be a, um, a trigger in your adulthood where you might practice poor boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, you might allow people to um, walk over you or you might allow people to um, infiltrate their demands on you and you feel like I have to do it you know, because I want to please them. I don't want them to be mad at me or I don't want them to feel some type of way. So I'll just do it because when I didn't do it, when I was younger, something happened or I wasn't liked or I was talked about or I was teased or what have you. So those kind of things may play back into, into a person's head. Um, you know, trauma could, could uh, hurt a person um, and helping them to have poor boundaries and yeah. setting um, limits. And piggybacking off of that and what Leah said with the FOMO, the fear of missing out, um, my biggest issue with boundaries growing up and even like into my adulthood was I was scared of losing friends. Um, yes. You know, we moved a lot when we were younger. I had a hard time making, not, not that I had a hard time making friends, I had time keeping friends because mm -hmm. just culturally I was different, especially when we, you know, went, when I got to my junior high with the first like legit school I went to and I moved to America. Um, the first week, everyone wanted me to be my friend. And after that, mm. it was like people making fun of me because I was different, I was new. And so it was just, I, when I finally found the friends that I wanted to keep, I didn't communicate the fact that they were crossing boundaries because I didn't want to lose them because I thought if I say this they're not going to be want to be my friend anymore and that carried on for quite a while you know even into my college career or college life whatever um and that that was my biggest issue with boundaries I didn't have a problem setting them I had a problem upholding them because I didn't want to lose that, those friendships. And once I got to the point to where I just, I, you know, I would like lay, I would say yes to everyone, yes to everything. I would try to do everything for everyone because 
the more I do, the more people will like me. I will have value, right? I show them my value as a friend. And that, that way, if I say yes, if, if at any point in time I have to say no, they're not going to just leave because they know I'm valuable, you know? And so you just overdo everything. And what's crazy is that I did all that for people and I still lost friends. And so it kind of got to the point where I was like, you know what? It really doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter how much you do for someone. If somebody wants to be a friend, wants to stay in life, they will, you know, and that's, that's that, you know, and I can say that I've, you know, lost a few friends along the way. And I, I don't miss them, if that makes sense. I'm not like, oh, what a loss, you know? It's like, I'm not saying like, yes, I'm gonna go cut everyone off, but like emotionally, mentally, just I feel a lot more at peace that I don't have that negativity because it was such a stressful friendship because yeah. there was constantly boundaries being crossed, not understanding, you know, and it's just, and maybe down the line, we'll, we'll be friends again. Who knows? You know, we've all grown up and all that, but it's, I think that's another big thing that issue that people have not wanting to lose friends or miss out or and that's a good point that lay that is good very good point so um in wrapping up this this question um i really like what you had to say about trauma streets i yeah. love to tell that you brought out the social conditioning i think um from the social conditioning that's where trauma is able to like connect and so not only are we being social conditioned, but we're experiencing that trauma. And now we're learning how to respond to survive so we can make connections, but some of these connections become unhealthy for us. So, and then I think the other idea here is perfectionism, like um, wanting to be perfect, wanting to like, like show that you're not weak wanting to show that i can do everything and then i feel like women are more socialized to be that like um like clean the house maintain the children care for her husband care for herself and stuff you know like i feel like that's very much like and so that creates a lot of perfectionist idealism that's not realistic Today's activity is going to be a little bit different. We are joined by our guest today, <laughs> which is something we haven't done before. Um, but we are going to be talking today about some of our favorite things that we've like really been into this week, like our obsessions right now, current obsessions. <laughs> uh, so I'll start first. I've recently really been into this a show from the UK called Taskmaster lately. Um, it's really funny. A uh, bunch of comedians like compete doing tasks and they get, you know, points that don't really matter. <laughs> and it's just, it's been really fun to watch and they're really short seasons. The company actually posted a large majority of the um, episodes online. Uh, during the pandemic so that people could, you know, be entertained and watched it while they were, you know, staying at home. Um, and I've also really been into these drinks called um, Yerba Mate, especially the mint flavor. Uh, they taste real good. She's shaking her head. Does she know about them? Yes. <laughs> Those are fabulous. I know. Yes. 
Um, I like the, I think it's one called Tri, Triberryology or Triology. Yeah. I don't know. I like all of them. Yeah. I really like the mint one. And every time I go to the store, it's out. I'm like, I guess I'm not the only one. <laughs> so, Leah, you got to ship me one. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you one. Real good. I can probably find it. <laughs> they have them at um, Sprouts, Lamont, if you have a Sprouts near you. I don't think we have a Sprouts in Colton. Is that it, like in like Hemet, Marietta area? Yeah. I think, I think I've also seen it at maybe Stater Brothers. Okay, I'll go check it out. What's it called? Everyone, uh, Yerba Mate. I'll send you a link later. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, what about you guys? What have you been into recently? So, um, I saw this one show on Netflix called Special, and I really, really liked it because there's a main central gay character, but he has cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. and I really like the way they develop his character and his mom's character. She's raised him all her life. She has definitely this, like, attachment, like, he can't do anything without me. I want to say he's in his 30s, and he's finally, like, moving out and wants his own place, and he wants to do things on his own, but then, like... <laughs> When disaster happens, who does he call? Mom, because that's the only person that's been there for him, like, this whole entire time. Um, But, like, he's trying to do it on his own. He's trying to make it, trying to make friends. Mom starts dating when her son moves out. And, like, she's discovering, like, what it's like to be a woman without a child, to, like, date and, like, like it and like this guy. And so they're going through this dynamics. And then... um, he finds out but like he's trying to handle it in his own way but he's trying to date and then like he falls in love with this really charming guy the charming guy has a boyfriend but then like yeah it was a really cute show i'm hoping that netflix um renews it and does a second season um and then i've been into like audiobooks lately and i've been listening to the shifter um audiobooks on youtube for free i have audible but like i found like you can listen to audiobooks on youtube for yeah. free. and um there's liam kinsey and he does these like shifter um werewolf series they're mm-hmm. gay like romance yeah series and i'm just like oh <laughs> like some of this stuff is like totally fake and whatever i was like yeah like I wish someone would love me like that. So I'm just like listening to like crap, but but loving it at the same time. Lamont's just trying to find his own werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Uh, Sharice? A snack that I'm really, really into is um, bell peppers. Mm -hmm. And I slice them in half and then I put um, cream cheese on them Mm. with... Uh, Chamoy and Valentina. Wow. Oh. <laughs> My life. I that love it. Good. Just the crunch and then the savory from the cream cheese mm-hmm. and the Chamoy and the Valentina, that little heat, sweet spice. I love it. Um, yeah, that's it's really good. I started watching, it's called Queen Sugar. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's really good. It's a a family-oriented um, TV show. Uh, this family's from Louisiana, and they own a farm that their father has passed down to them. And so you have three siblings. Uh, one 
younger child, he's uh, the son, he actually inherited the farm and the sisters kind of have to connect um, back with each other and meet and they have to work through the business of having a farm. Hmm. One one of the middle sisters is, um, she's into business in California, um, helping her husband who's an NBA basketball player um, kind of finagle that business. And so it's just the ins and outs of how they connect back together and um, run their dad's family uh, farm business. Um, they're, and they're raising cane, sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so it's called Queen Sugar um, oh, for that reason. Makes sense. It's really good. And then I started watching, I know it's old and you guys are probably going to laugh, but Everybody kept telling my husband and I to look at uh, Game of Thrones. So we're on just the first season. Oh, welcome. <laughs> welcome to Heartbreak. <laughs> Let me guess. We're on season one. It's amazing, but it's very brutal. Wow. Oh, it, it gets worse. <laughs> okay. Heads up. It gets it's worse. Amazing. But it's it's a good series. It is. Um, yes. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, thank you guys for sharing the things that you're into. And yeah, no problem. For, yeah, for our listeners, we'll try and link as much of that down below if you want to check them out for yourself. And tell us things that you guys are into. Yeah, leave us some comments. Let us know what your favorite thing is this week. Is there a personal story you guys can share that made you realize the importance of practicing good boundaries? Working in the mental health field, I feel like it's a common Thing for us to work over our hours and accept more um, youth or clients or patients or what, whatever you call them um, on our plate um, because we're in a field of helping. And so sometimes that boundary gets crossed. Am I mm-hmm. helping too much? Am I sharing too much? Am I giving too much of myself? Where do I, we have to know how to reel it in Set, set a boundary, you know, um, learn how to take care of ourselves. Self-care is, is important um, mm-hmm. in that. And so sometimes all those lines get blurred um, because we're in a field of helping mm-hmm. and help has to have a start and a stop yeah. because you have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so learning where those lines are is super important. And, and like I said, that wasn't my first job. I, my first job was McDonald's. So there was limits. You come in, you clock in, you clock out. Um, you, you're the fry girl today or you're the bread maker, whatever you're doing the next day. In the helping field, in mental health, it's so different. It Sometimes, you know, I, I get phone calls after hours. Um, you know, um, trauma happens outside of banking hours. You know, <laughs> things happen after five o'clock. <laughs> you know, the doors just aren't closed. There's emergencies, you know, um, police have to be called, CPS, 5150. There's a lot of different variants that are involved. So um, it, those lines really have to be um, definitive for our self-care because if we're not 100%, there's absolutely no way you can pour into someone else a good, healthy, um, strategic um, remedy for them, for their health. Yeah. So, um... I think I called Leia about this. Like, like I was just flashing back one day and I was in a bad mood and I think we were like, we were going to meet. And so, um, I had this Pathfinder leader, um, big guy, 
And at the time, I thought we had a really good, close relationship. And my grandmother had told him something, and he just wanted to lecture at me. And I didn't want to be lectured at. I wanted to have a conversation with him. I wanted him to understand my side of my experience, and he wasn't willing to hear me that day. And so... I must have been like 16 at this time and I was just like like you're you're really just gonna lecture at me this whole entire time you're not going to hear anything I have to say and he was like no like and like you need to listen and blah blah like like I'm just a child and so I decided to walk away that was such an empowering moment for me and then like he tried to threaten me he was like well if you like let's see if you ever have the balls again to walk away from me like that again I told him I told him well if you want to have a relationship with me, you're not going to just lecture at me. You're going to hear me and let me share my experiences with you, my side. And if you can't do that, then we can't have conversations. Yeah. Power move, Lamont. It, but it was taking care of my soul. Yeah, and like yeah I know. I, know. That I could do that. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize they have the power to put those boundaries and walk away and say, this is not good for me. And if you want to be in my life, you're going to consider what's good for me too. Yes. I think it's also important to recognize that if you have a friendship or relationship with someone that's made up of 99% boundaries, then that's not a relationship that you should have. You know what I mean? I had a friend that we had so many problems and it got to the point where we just kind of stopped. We just mutually stopped talking to each other. We're like, whatever. And then we tried kind of just reconnect because we've been friends for years. Right. So we had good times. So we tried reconnecting and, you know, she had said, well, if you have to be my friend then this is going to be all of these like rules you're going to have to follow. And I was like, I'm okay. You know, like I don't need to have yeah. rules to be friends with someone, right? Boundaries are fine, but if you're so different that you need to have a boundary and rule at every turn and corner and conversation, then that's not a friendship worth having to me personally. Mm -hmm. Maybe to other people it is. To me, it wasn't. I was like, and I told her, I was like, you know, I don't want to every single time I have a conversation with you to wonder, did something go wrong, right? That's, that's too stressful, too negative. I don't want to have to worry about that. You know, not saying that I'm not trying to respect boundaries, but that's just not something that's my limit. Perfect example. That's my limit of what I am willing to do to, to a, for a friendship or for a relationship, you know? And I think that's, you know, important to recognize too. Yeah. Sometimes they're just conflicting and mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people just don't mesh. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I just recently, I want to say within maybe four or five months ago, I had to relinquish a relationship from someone I've known for 10, 12 years. Um, and it, something I thought was silly, but it meant the, the world, world to her. Mm -hmm. She had sent out a group text for a... Um, a baby shower that she was throwing for another friend. Well, I had recently changed my phone number and I was in the process of connecting with everybody because all the numbers wouldn't transfer over to the new phone. 
And so I didn't get her message. So she texted me after the shower and said, I'm done. Our relationship is, is no more because you didn't respond uh, back to me. And, and, and I was just like, whoa, wh where is this coming from? How, and who is this person? I, I mean, you and I have been friends for a long time. I had no idea you were this passionate about this person and you threw a party. I didn't know anything about it. Um, and the way she connected back with me was, it wasn't through my phone number because I, she didn't have it because it was new, but it was through, um, email and I was so hurt. Um, but I just kind of accepted. I was like, well, if, if those are the demands that you have on the relationship, then, you know, okay. Um, and we just started kind of texting back and forth. I recently was in a, a, an accident, um, not an accident. I fell, I slipped and fell and I broke my ankle. And so I was at a commission for almost four months. Um, I'm just now coming back to work, but she was there for, for me when I needed certain things. And so we're just now gradually starting to come back into play, but I made sure I let her know what happened then. I didn't forget. Number one, um, two, we forgave each other. She forgave me and I forgave her. Um, but I, we also set boundaries for the relationship. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure to connect with me on all different avenues. You don't get me one in one way. It's not just shut it down. We're done. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's more than one ways to get a hold of me. One, you know where I live. Two, you had my email. There's a lot of, other, you know, other people that I know. It can't just be that finite uh, of a, a situation after knowing someone for 10, 12 years, it's not fair. And yeah. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think those were some great ways. And actually, Sharice, that leads us into our next question. What are some good ways to start implementing boundaries and practicing assertiveness? Good. Yeah, I think communication is the most important thing. And Lakshmi said, being tactful, you know, that's something that I had to learn, you know, when I was my, when I was dating my first boyfriend, I, you know, just, I would tell people, I don't like this, you know, and I thought that was normal. I didn't think there was anything wrong with saying that. Right. But my ex was like, well, you have to be more tactful because you can be right, but you're giving away your higher ground if you're not tactful. And I had a really hard time with that because I don't understand why there has to be a lot of frills and whatever when I have to tell someone that I don't like a certain behavior, you know? Yeah. And, you know, his thing was like, well, you can say that, but why don't you say something like, you know, prep them first, like, oh, you know, thank you so much for doing this. And I was appreciated that you communicated with me. Um, at the same time, I didn't like the way you chose, with the words you chose. I felt like that was unfair, blah, blah, blah. So you can still tell them. And to a certain extent, I agree. And yes, but with certain people, like with my close friends, I don't, I shouldn't have to. I, should, I can be assertive and say, Leia, I don't like that you called me a bad word you know I don't have to be like thank you so much for all the the friendship over the years and it felt so good to be your friend for 23.523 years now you know like I with certain people you shouldn't have to do that so I think 
learning how to communicate is very, very important. And with who and what kind of communication style that person needs, right? Like it's not just about us, it's about them as well. So if we're comfortable being assertive, like I know that Leia is not comfortable with assertive people. So I will prep her, I'll butter her up first before I, you know, say something if I need to. And that's fine because I love Leia and she's my friend and I'm taking that into consideration when I'm communicating with her. With my other friend, I probably don't have to do that with and that's (laughs) fine and it's not a big deal. But her friendship means a lot to me. Therefore, I will go the extra mile for her to do that. You know, so I, to, the, from my experience, communication has been the biggest key of how to um, communicate those boundaries and maintain and implement them. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if if the other person has no idea that you had set that boundaries, they're not going to know. And, right. and to you, you're still going to be offended and you're still going to be hurt, but they have no idea what's going on. They're just kind of like, yay, we're friends. And then, and if you're not communicating, then that's not on them. It's on you. It's a hundred percent on you. I, I, I totally agree people aren't mind readers they're not Mm -hmm. and if you don't tell them your expectations how on earth are they going to rise up to those expectations or even try practicing those expectations with you if you're not communicating that so you're you're absolutely right to your tell and in Sharice's story she did communicate that with her friends like hey I didn't forget and next time let's try this way like if you don't get me on my cell phone email me if i'm not answering my email for whatever reason come by my house like we're not we're not just gonna be like ended there like there you know how to access me you know right and 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 there's a way to um tactfully deal with people that i always call it like um there's a dance that you do with with people uh, one friend of mine, I may have to come at her um, with kindness and, and soft and gentle, kind of prep her. Um, another friend of mine, I could just be straight up, you know, we, we speak this code language that my, my husband always says, I don't understand what you're saying. Just say what it is. You guys speak this code language, but we get it, you know, and, and she understands me. Um, and so I always call it, there's a dance that you do with people. And when we're dancing with somebody, there's respect in there, you know, um, there's courteousness, there's, uh, you move one way and, and I move a different direction and we're not bumping or stepping on each other's feet or toes, you know, um, so that's painful. Yes, <laughs> it can be, it can be. And there's, so there's some, you know, there's some gracefulness in how we have to um, communicate with people. We don't want to be hurt and we shouldn't want to hurt other people with our words. Um, so stop and think before you say what you have to say. I think the step one is know your limits and clearly define them. You have boundaries in your intellect and in your emotions and your physical and in your spiritual. Be aware of those boundaries. Be aware of what makes you comfortable. Be aware of what's okay with you and what's not okay and communicate them with strangers, colleagues, friends, families, intimate partners, whoever. Step two, I think, is be assertive. It's important to make eye contact. It's important to be clear in your voice. It's important to, like, have your shoulders back, not in a threatening way, just, like, back and in control. Like, you're in control of your body. Good posture. Yeah, open posture, I think is important to you. Open, Mm -hmm. right? Because we know, we can tell the difference between defensive and 
um, open, right? And people are so sensitive to body language. I feel like we're more sensitive to body language than what people are actually saying. So another good thing you can utilize is I statements. I statements for some people are not comfortable because it's a new way of thinking and it's a new way of and talking. So when I teach it, I teach the kids to drop the U because some people teach it with the U. They're like, I feel uncomfortable when you, I feel like that you still very blaming. So I'm taking responsibility for my actions on how I feel. No one can make me feel this way, but this is what happens when I feel this way or to cause me to feel this way. So an example might be, I feel disrespected when people enter my space without permission. I'm not putting it on anyone. When anyone does this, this is when I don't like it. So, like, I'm communicating you. Like, so now you know. I communicated this with you. Like, anytime this happens, I feel disrespected. Um, and then I can probably follow it up with a suggestion. Like, um, please just ask me, like, if you need something or schedule a time with me so we can both be there so I can feel comfortable, right? Um... But it is, it takes, it, it's a new, it, for a lot of people, I statements is not first nature. Um, so it takes practice. So that's the next key, right? Practice, 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 practice. Practice makes perfect. If you want to have better relationships, you gotta practice at them. Take the opportunities. Like, hey, you know what? I didn't do this right. I wanted to do it this way, blah, 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 blah. Um, can we practice right now? And then let's practice again later. <laughs> you know, um, being being um, in that moment and like and like being honest and be like, okay, this is still areas of growth. Um, I'm, I'm better here, but I can still do better there. And I'm still going to work towards there. And then... If all else fails, remove yourself, delete, ignore, <laughs> exit. <laughs> and I think what you said is really important, not just to bring up the problem, but always have a solution to go hand in hand. Because if you just always like, well, this is an issue. And the other person's like, what else is new? You know what I mean? Like now you're putting it on to them to guess how it's going to make you feel, how, how to make you feel better. Right? So when we have an issue with someone, because they're crossing a boundary, we can say, hey, you know, we, like I said, I don't like when this happens, I prefer this to happen or instead. That way they're not playing a guessing game of which, which solution is the right answer, right? You're telling them what the right answer is. And hey, if that doesn't work for them, then they can say, well, I don't know about that. And then, then it becomes a conversation. It's not just a, you know, I'm pointing my gun at you and saying, I don't like it, pew pew, right? And the other person is like, they either try to defend or shoot back, right? Like, so I think coming up with a solution um, when you bring up the problem is, is key. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's good. I, you know, I'm thinking about when we're first meeting people and we sit down and we're having conversations about what we like, what we don't like, what we're interested in, um, you know, whatever the topic is. It, at that moment, that could be where you bring in, yeah, you know, I, I feel this way when people don't listen to me or when I'm not given a chance to be heard or when I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like genuinely people want to know how to communicate with you effectively 
so that there's no misunderstanding. So if that's done initially, when we're meeting people, more power to that relationship. I mean, it's, it's just gonna be a more, a more positive um, relationship and an interaction that you have, your engagement with them, um, because they know how to communicate with you, you know how to communicate with them. Um, they know that, you know, you're going to say what it is that's, that's troubling or bothering you, and you're hoping that they're going to do the same. And if not, encouraging them and helping them to get those words so that they can do it. Yeah. I'm actually really curious to hear from Leia. She's been kind of quiet, and I have a question for you, Leia. Oh, gosh. Oh, All right. <laughs> yeah. The Tyra show. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> So me being assertive in the way that I am, I know there's been some times when I've been assertive with you and I know you haven't liked it because your mood changed, mm -hmm. but I want to know how that made you feel because I wasn't always assertive. So there was a time when I started becoming more assertive and I know that you noticed that. How, was, how did that feel for you having a friend that used to not hold up boundaries and communicate well to suddenly trying to do that how was that uh scared no <laughs> <laughs> um i mean yeah one part of me is like scared going through all that but i mean i guess i'm also proud of you because like i mean I s you see growth in your friends that's really good like pff, i can't do half of that so good for you <laughs> Well, was, there, was there some any feelings of like negativity at first like ugh. um less uh, i mean just probably just feeling threatened in some situations but that's just like a defense mechanism i highly doubt you were really doing anything that was like oh my god what a terrible thing to be happening it's just me that's my first defense i was like oh someone's being mean to me shut down <laughs> we're done <laughs> Um, but yeah, so coming from the non-assertive side from it, <laughs> it can be scary, but we also have our own things we need to work on ourselves. So there's a lot to learn in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank sure. you for all the like, assertive notes. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Next I time Tyra talks to me, say this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. I mean, I think that's a pretty good wrap up right there, actually. Like, I have learned a lot of things, a lot of things I need to utilize. Um, some of these things I've slowly been trying to incorporate in my life, like letting people know how I feel about certain stuff. Like I was telling my story earlier, um, it was scary, but uh, it was necessary. And, you know, I need to know what... I'm feeling about things and you know if they push my boundaries I need to just be like hey listen not happening so hey, Le I actually have a question did oh. you say sorry in that communication at any point no I didn't I'm so proud of you <laughs> I'm just like mm, no yeah yeah and I'm a firm believer that when you do set your boundary or the limit and you're assertive and you say no it's okay to walk away with that and not worry about how did that person feel should i go back and check on them that's not your problem after that 
if it's done in a way that you feel confident that you respected them, you were firm, you were direct, there was intent, um, you were practicing all the positive things that we mentioned, and then you deliver the, the no, no, I'm not going to do that, or no, I don't like that, or no, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you can feel, feel okay to just walk away and let them deal with whatever that is. Yeah. Um, that that's going on with them. Yeah, that's not that's not with, for you to handle that after. I'm actually really happy you said that because I that did cross my mind when I was thinking about like Leia and I's relationship. Because mm -hmm. I like I said, I know that there was a time where I started being more assertive, and I would notice that like closed off that defensiveness, and I, I would feel bad. I'd be like, oh, how are you doing? Is everything okay? You want to go out for coffee? Like you know, I would always try to like like, hey, I'm still the same person. I'm not like trying to be me, I'm not changing, I'm not being rude to you. And then it, it got to some point where I was like, you know, this like, and, and then I noticed because somebody was doing that with me and, you know, there was nothing that they could do to make me feel better because it was just me having to learn and respect that this is a new phase of their life, a new growth. And so I started just leaving Leia alone. You know, like giving her a chance to realize that I'm not being mean. And, th and then I think sometimes if somebody comes and overly tries to butter us up, it al it's almost like a guilty statement. Like, oh, I know I was mean, so I'm trying to make you feel mm -hmm. good. You know, so it got to the point where I was like, okay, I was assertive. Leia's going to have to just deal with it for a second and figure it out on her own. And then everything's fine and we're still friends and we're still happy, you know? So I think that's a really, really good, good um, point that you brought up that, I don't know, I feel like it's worked fine with Leia and I, right? Yeah. Right? It doesn't feel good, you know, when you, yeah. it does not feel good. Well, for me, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking personal. Yeah. 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 I just say it to me how it is, you know, uh, th there used to be a statement people say, tell it to me like a T-I is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's how I am. Like, I don't, I know it's going to hurt, but tell me and then let me deal with it. Let me deal right. with the hurt. Let me deal with how to interpret it and, you know, how to come out of that. I don't, I just, I'm, I need to internalize things. So I don't like it when people tell me something and then try to like help me along. I'm like, nope, let me figure it out. I got this. And then I noticed that I was doing that with Laya and with my other friends. And I was like, I just need to let them figure out their own way because my way is not going to work for them. And, you know, just kind of, like you said, you just don't worry about it. And if, you know, and, and the thing, the, the, what's called, you shall know them by the fruits, so to speak, right? Like if you're going to know if that went over well or not, if they, internalized and then came out of it and everything is fine your relationship is good better great if it's taking a turn for the worse then you know that something was either misinterpreted maybe i didn't communicate properly and then you can go on from there but if you're constantly trying to control and to to direct their reaction to you or their feelings towards you because of something that you did or said that's never going to become clear because you're always having a hand in it so you have to take a step back, let them figure it out. And then at that point, once you've both had your moment of growth, you can figure out if you want to go together or grow apart. So I, I love that. This has been a great conversation. I definitely like I'm so glad both of you guys wanted to be on this conversation. Um, let's go ahead and wrap things up. 
So, thank you guys for coming on today, talking with Leia and myself. Do either of you guys have big plans or projects that are coming up and that you guys would like to share? Well, not really big plans, but uh, my husband and I, I'm helping him with his, he already has one podcast that he has with his uh, friends. It's called the No Apologies Network, where it's a group of three of them. Um, they're unapologetically expressing anything that they want to talk about, political, um, um, social, whatever, and they don't apologize for what they say. Um, and they mean what they say and they say what they mean. They're all three very direct, very um, alpha men. <laughs> so it's, it's an arena for them to express. So I, I love watching that, but he's starting his own and I'm kind of helping him. It's called uh, Said on Fire. And he's actually talking about things that are passionate about him, that are burning inside of him. In lieu of writing a book, it's going to be on a, a, a platform through podcasts. Okay. So I'm going to help him with that. And um, I've just been thoroughly into uh, TikTok, um, <laughs> put it, putting out um, things that I'm interested in or passionate about. Um, helping people um, in that way, you know, through that entertainment. Um, and I am starting back at work, so I'm sure I'm going to be less and less on social media and back into to work since I'm uh, healing from my injury. And we'll, we'll link everything below. So we'll grab all your contacts for that and we'll put it in the description below if anyone wants to check any of those out. All right, Tyra, any, you got anything going on or... Well, we're looking into buying a house. <gasps> Don't say it. Don't say it. We're going to talk about this after the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's we'll see what happens. But that's the plan in a few months, hopefully. So if, if you guys don't remember, we had Tyra on on our dream episode. It was such a fun episode. And um, I think we talked a little bit about her husband there. So her and her husband are, I guess, apparently going to buy, looking into buying a house. Looking into. Mm -hmm. Nice. So that's the really only big plan coming up. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to speak posit yes. positivity in your life and say congrats early. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Congratulations, I guess. <laughs> she's moving away from me and i'm not happy <laughs> well guys thank you for a great show thank you guys, thank you ladies for being you sharice thank you for all the love throughout the years and the continued love um i'm just so blessed thank you thank you guys this has been phenomenal i enjoyed myself yeah i was excited that you allowed me to come for the assertiveness one <laughs> Right, yeah. I'm passionate about this topic. <laughs> Same. Same one of my favorite topics. Today's life lesson is believing that you are enough. How do you guys get there? It takes little practices every day. Looking yourself in the mirror, saying, you're amazing. I love you. You are enough. That's simple. That's sweet. Practice it and grow. This has been the Lamont and Leia podcast. Created by Lamont Damon and Leia Nakaahiki. Special thanks to our guests, Tiritel Sprianu and Cerise Hudgens. 
This episode's topic was brought to light by Lamont Damon. This episode was edited by the one and only beautiful Leia. Our music is from Ingenue. Let us know what you thought about our show and or give some topic suggestions by sending us messages on Instagram or Facebook. You can also watch our show on YouTube. Links can be found in our show description. Thank you for listening. No, thank you, Leia. No, thank you, Leia. No, thank you.